Here, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 257. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan and Ever to conclude our adventure in the Forgotten Realms by returning to Tune It Up Decks. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What is going down? Whole ton is going down. We're back for our super cool bonus episodes. We're returning to form and getting off the product review train, jumping back into the deep end of... What is it we do around here? Deck techs? Deck techs. We're going to tune up not only a deck, but one of my decks. Not only one of my decks, but quite possibly my very favorite deck. But before we get to any of that, we have to thank our official business daddies, FusionGamingOnline.com. Your source for all your gaming needs. Ooh, very much so. And I would assume, I would have to assume and be the asshole out of you and me that you used CCO Fusion 5 promo code when you picked up all these cards. As you want to do, you obtain the card in foil in case you ever are to put it into a deck. You just have it. Yes. Yes. There's, yes. <laughs> there's 13 cards we're going to talk about today Whew. as they fit into... Your Norin deck. Yeah! Don't forget, though, CCO Fusion 5 gets you 5% off your entire order over mm-hmm. at Fusion Games. I, didn't, I don't know if I said that or not. But if I said it twice, well, fucking do it. Oh, you know what else we didn't do yesterday? Tell people to subscribe on YouTube because you're watching us anyway. Yeah, Macho Man Brando will tell you to subscribe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you say Norin. This is this is kind of a funky, funky little bonus episode. Yeah. For several reasons. Let me break oh, it down for you. shit. Okay, usually on the bonus episodes, we don't do a deck tech. Yeah. Usually it's more of just us giving our thoughts on general magic or as part of a set review. Yeah. Today, not the case. This will also mark the end of our campaign, our mini arc of Forgotten Realms discussion. I hope that we return to other campaign settings in the future because this was fun. Ooh, yeah. I enjoyed tune, this. Tune into CCO's Top 5 in 5, not this Friday, which you can because there is one this Friday, uh-huh. but in a couple Fridays from now where we do a new Top 5 in 5 where we talk about maybe something that Brando just mentioned. Maybe. Yeah. This is also unique because we're doing one of your decks, Norin, uh-huh. from the pre-show on Monday. If you guessed Norin in the comments, you're entered to win one of our booster packs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a fun little game we do. So check out the, the pre-show and make sure you do subscribe for every pre-show giveaway. We give away lots of packs, like 50 a year or so. Yeah. Hey, speaking of giving stuff away. Oh. Segway, we have another giveaway to do because we don't want to forget. We're giving away secret layers all summer. We had a, a, bun- we had a windfall of them. We're giving them yep. away. It's the summer of secret layers. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it. <laughs> and uh, the foil Valentine's Day secret layer, complete with Heliod and his own little envelope. Yes. We have a lucky winner. Yes. If you want to win the premium foil ones, I think usually we got it. We give those away in the Discord. And to be in the Discord, you got to be on our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. That's not the only benefit, but it is a nice little It's a nice thing. little gift that we can do. We do have regular and foil secret layers, and we would love to give the patrons who, who do support us financially and help us fix microphone booms that Brando yeah. breaks. And we're, I didn't tell you this, but we're actually doing a, a pretty good renovation to Studio CCO at my house oh, man. to make it look a little bit more YouTube studio-y. That's a that's an adjective now. Okay. Studio-y. Sure. And uh, that is part of how we're making Commander Cookout better 
with the help of the Patreon supporters and the new subscribers who should just subscribe because they're watching us fucking anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I leaned real close to the microphone for that. I hope they heard my voice inflection. <laughs> All that being said, we gave away our booster pack yesterday. Yeah. We gave away the regular Secret Layer Valentine's Day yesterday. So tune in to yesterday's show if you have not already to see if you won. Yes. We now have the foil Secret Layer, our July giveaway. And this is coming out like on the last day of July-ish. Okay. Do you want to know who it is? Yes, I do. Do you I'm, guys want to know? They probably do. They probably do. Yeah, some of them don't care, but some of them do. Should we should, should we cut it out of the podcast and only put it on YouTube? No. <laughs> no. Make them fucking watch. <laughs> That's way too hard. Way too much work. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Editor Joe will be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> the winner of our first foil Valentine's Secret Lair patron supporter, big thank you to Sean Burlett on Twitter, and, and he knows who he is, but on Twitter, Schtkicker. <laughs> <laughs> That shit kicker with no vowels. He named himself after a cowboy boot. He named himself after um, maybe what he does in the nation to other members of the nation when they play <laughs> magic games. Yeah. yeah. Or a cowboy boot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We went to the uh, the co-op agro center yesterday to buy like 10 liters of Roundup and weed spray and, and stuff for my lawn and shit. Nothing but cowboy boots. Nothing but cowboy boots in there. And, <laughs> and Valor was walking in. He's looking at everybody's boots. And stuff. <laughs> we don't wear cowboy boots at my house. We just wear shoes. <laughs> but everybody at the egg center, there's just giant million dollars, like not even exaggerating for anybody who's not from a farming area. Yeah. Million dollar combines just sitting everywhere. Yeah. And cowboys and like 10 liter jugs of Roundup. Yeah. Which is way heavier than water, by the way. Really? Yeah. And very dark green and viscous. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you just mix it with water and you spray it on plants and they go. Yeah. It gives them polio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No vaccine for you. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Norin. Norin. We've got. Uh, what did I say? 13 cards? Let's flip over to the deck. 13 cards that are new to the deck. One of them isn't from Forgotten Realms. The rest of them all are, which is cool. Yes, and that's why this is part of the arc of Forgotten Realms. But we do have to kick off with something, a, a, a thing that I needed to tell you. What's that? I don't think it works the way that you think it does. Fractured Power Stone. Give it a read. Two mana mana rock taps for colorless, or you can tap it to roll the planar die. Two mana mana rock, hey, you say. Well, usually I don't care about those, but it lets me roll a dice. But in non-plane chase games, it does actually nothing. What? There's no planar die in non-plane chase games, and its result cannot be ignored as per some of the other cards that let you re-roll die and stuff. Now, if we're playing a plane chase game and you roll a dice and a card says roll two and ignore one result, it will work. But if we're not playing a plane chase game, eh, not so much. Oh. That being said, though, I am planning to oomph up our plane chase stack and include the oversized dungeons that you can get in the bundle so we can actually planeswalk into dungeons and do dungeon things. And I'm actually going to even take my fucking little tiny, 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 tiny Dremel and Dremel a little uh, venture side to my plane chase dice. And I'm going to oh, paint shit. them silver so they match and everything. 
You don't want to just do if you hit the shit, you venture into the dungeon? No. There's going to be a venture side because hitting the shit, like hitting chaos, we call it the shit, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing you can call it when you're playing plane chase with us. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. say anything else, you take a drink. That's not even a lie. So I got I got my whole plane chase deck sleeved up. And we've covered plane chase before. We keep it in one big stack and we flip over three at once. Yeah. And, and you can decide which which place you go to. Oh, or if you planeswalk, you can go down the, the wormhole or the rabbit hole, right? And it's, it's like you're planeswalking to three new places and you can choose every time. If one of those places is a, is a dungeon, you can go into that dungeon and flip over another plane so you can both be in the dungeon on that plane and get the benefits of that. Oh. And one of the dungeons, the Tomb of Annihilation, actually fucks you pretty good, which is great because some of the planes actually fuck you pretty good. Yeah. So I'm That's adding cool. that into how CCO plays Plane Chase so when Magic Fests kick up again, we can we can do that at CCO Penthouse or CCO Hotel Room or wherever we end up being. Or at Magic Fest. Magic Fest CCO Ryan's house. That too. Oh, dude. Good vibe of the week. Remember when we used to do good vibes all the time? Uh-huh. Good vibe of the mother ass week. Oh, tell me. In-store play in Canada, August 6th. Oh, yeah. Starting back up. It's very exciting. Yeah. You you went into our local game store uh-huh. and we're talking to the owner. Uh-huh. And then you walked out and like fucking an hour later, I walked in to like pick up some <laughs> sleeves. <laughs> and he's like, hey, Brando was just here. I was like, what? Hmm? Didn't see him. <laughs> and we were talking all about in-store play. And like we play in a mall. Yeah. Right? Everybody knows we play in a mall. Yeah. So he was talking about actually like instead of playing in the middle of the mall, just always having F&M in the banquet room at the restaurant bar down the way in the mall, in which case it isn't at a local game store and it is licensed and you can get individual food instead of bringing snacks and fries for everybody because that's probably a no-go now yeah, for yeah <laughs> for yeah. the foreseeable future. But in-store play, it's happening. EDH and M. EDH and M from the car. Remember that, everybody? Oh, those are fun. Fuck yeah. We can do game updates from the car after. And then we can go for beer when we're done. That's even better. Oh, this is very exciting. I'm so pumped. Yes. I'm so, so pumped. And I'm going to get one of those foil fable passages and shit. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, we're behind on all of the, the reward things, but... We'll get them. We'll get them. We're gonna get them because I think yes. they're up to a different one now. There's a, like a treasure chest. No, and it's it's thing. still a, it's still a foiled fabled passage, and then the 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 other promos are for like other in store shit. Okay, but remember you get those little booster packs with the promo cards in it at yeah. random and stuff. Yeah, oh, man. man, it's gonna be so good. EDH and M, it's coming back. Oh, life is good. It's coming back. EDH and M and Bar H and M and. <laughs> And it's going to happen for you, too, Very out much there so. in the nation. It's going to happen for you, too. If you're not there yet, you're going to get there, and it's going to be rad. Very, very super cool. Final little bit of business. Um, I, I don't know if we mentioned it, at CCO Podcast, at CCO Brando, Facebook.com slash CCO Podcast. Follow us anywhere that you can find us. Subscribe on YouTube because we do have some projects coming to fruition in August. And after those projects, I've got a couple more plans for, like, in the fall for some additional merch. So if you want to be on the merch train before anybody else, so you don't miss out, you got to follow us everywhere and patrons are going to get first crack at all of that stuff. It's going to, it's, it's very easy for me just to isolate like their emails and just so here you go patrons. It's all for you. Oh, and then after that, have everybody else come if they, if they want. So okay. follow us and get on all those channels. Become a patron if you can. And if you can't, make sure you share the show with everybody because all the shit that we got going on is super exciting. It's very cool, yeah. How's that for hype? 
I'm very hyped. Yes. You can you can tell it by my face if you're watching on YouTube, which you fucking should be. <laughs> You'll notice how hyped I am. I'm so pumped because as soon as I st- <laughs> remembered uh, F and M's again, I got pumped. It's very exciting. Okay, let's uh, let's switch over to the cards. We're gonna look at things that aren't fractured power stone. There's thir- twelve more cards. Mm-hmm. How do they fit into your Noran deck? But uh, maybe you'll give us the synopsis. First. Should we do a quick rundown of? The, I think the story will help as to why okay. I'm doing yeah. this. Because once we read the cards, you're gonna go, Brando. What the fuck are you doing? Okay, yeah. Why yeah. are you doing this? So when I first built Noran the Wary, it was a coin flip kind of chaosy deck, and I really enjoyed it. But yep. it was a little bit all over the place. It didn't have coin flip cards previous like to now and today yeah previous to maybe battle bond hey were way worse than they are now why don't you give norn a read really quick and then and then maybe that'll glean some light as to why chaos might be important norn the wary is a two one for one human warrior whenever a player plays a spell or a creature attacks remove norn the wary from the game return it to play under its owner's control at the end of turn Okay, so he, like, flickers himself when anything happens. Yeah, he's, he's a chicken. He's afraid of fighting. He's afraid of magic. He's afraid of loud noises. He's afraid of olives, pickles, and cotton balls. It's just, he's always running away. He sounds like you when it comes to not trying food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. What is this, lettuce? I'm getting out of here. Yeah. I'm leaving. Yeah. So I built, like, his kind of chaos deck. It had goblins. It had flip stuff. And then I took some of the coin flip out. And when we talked about it on the show a couple of years ago... I shoehorned in a jack-in-the-box commander with Neheb the Eternal. That's the yes, big red yes. thing. And that was really cool. I had really great success with that. Big red mana. Here, I'll stop you really quick. You can search Norin in the box commander cookout, and you'll be able to find it. There probably won't be a video, but it'll come up. Yes. So then after that, I'm like, okay, I really like this deck. I want to make it good. Yeah. So then I then it's become and morphed into the chaos control deck that it is now, where I put in a bunch of the kind of chaotic control, almost staxy cards, but my deck is built to play through all of that crap, whereas yours probably isn't. It's got things that stop you from taking extra turns, it's got things that punish greedy mana bases, it's got some pretty like sweeping removal to take out all your mana rocks and yeah. dorks. And, and and then synergies like impact tremors and and perforos for whenever anybody does something, Norn leaves. He comes yeah. back. He's going to deal three damage when he enters over and over and over. Like how many times Norn going to trigger during a game? Oh, boy. every single turn. Right. Yeah, so yeah. how many turns? If a game is ten rounds long, that's, that's like forty, 40 times. Triggers. It's forty Norn triggers. And let's say that each Norn triggers worth, uh, let's call it two damage. That's 80 damage you're giving out over the course of 10 turns or 10 rounds. And that's without doing anything. And that's without doing anything. You've you've spent maybe, I don't know, four mana. Yeah. Right? So the deck is aimed to play the long game, so it uses things like, what's uh, what's the one, uh, Warp World, which is really good. It uses the one where you cast, it gets put back onto the bottom and you cast something else. What's that called? Uh, possibility Storm. Possibility Storm, yeah. So mm-hmm. it uses cards like that to stop other people from winning, but it doesn't feel like a stacks deck because nobody's actually not playing Magic. Yep. They're just not playing the Magic that they thought they were going to play. Exactly. Yeah. It, it messes with your game plan. It makes it really hard to kind of plan from turn to turn, and that's why I like it so much. Yeah. So uh, it's a cool deck, and but... The last time I played it was with you mm-hmm. at your place like a couple of weeks ago, and I had great success. It actually went off really good, and it felt yeah. really slick and cool. But I think what I want to do is go back to that first iteration that made me just love the deck in the first place, which was this kind of variance-based deck that's just fun to play. Yep. And each time you play it, it's just fun, and maybe the chaos is going to get me a little bit, 
but I've reined it in a little bit, so I'm still doing something. I just don't know what everything is going to do when I do it. Well, I think that the the chaos nature of the deck, if if we called chaos a mechanic, right? Where it's like, oh, nobody knows what's going to happen. If you do something, it's not that thing, right? That's chaos. And a lot of people very much dislike that kind of magic. I'm fine with Possibility Storm, but confusion in the ranks and and a couple of the ones where it's just a grip of chaos. Nobody knows what the fuck is going to happen. And you just switch permanents and you have to Thieves Auction and stuff. Like, what the hell? Nobody likes that. I don't play Thieves Auction. Yeah, so... (laughs) When you started to go away from that, you started to say, how can I make it still unique and make it maybe look like it's a chaotic deck? And that's why you started to pick all of the most unique and interesting variants on the art and in foiling styles as you could. So when you open up your opening hand, it doesn't even look like a deck of magic cards. Yeah. It's chaotic to look at. Mm -hmm. So you still have that chaos kind of mentality with the deck, although it isn't a chaos deck. Correct. And this is coming around full circle where you're introducing some of that variance like you said but with the with the forgotten realms cards you yeah. can still have very unique and interesting looking cards yeah and i've done it with dice rolling dice roll so we're going to roll some dice okay we are going to look at 12 cards we're going to s- switch over to the videos so so editor joe can make us all look super pro all right we'll start with the new cards, and then we can bang through some categories quick. Sure. And then we can maybe talk about where some of these would go, what are some of the cuts that I could kind of make, and see where we go from there. Sure. First card I'm adding is Rulebook Showcase Foil Zorn. Zorn. With an X. Yeah, and Zorn <laughs> with an X because he's fucking edgy and extreme, and it's like 1999. Yeah. Yeah. Suck it. <laughs> X-Pop. <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Yeah. 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 You got it. You, you covered it. We covered the whole remember, thing. Yeah. Remember the DV8 music and skateboard festival? Yes. Yes. That was fun. Yeah, that was cool. Remember we could have festivals? We can again. She's coming back. Woo! EDH&M, I'm <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, what does this card even do? A 3-2 elemental for red to looks like a showcase rule book thing. If you would create one or more treasure tokes, instead create those tokens plus an additional treasure toke. Yeah, yeah two toke. So we're rampant. Two toke. Two toke elemental. Yeah. yeah. Don't Google that. Yeah, no. <laughs> also, this art is crazy. It's like a box and it's got like a a mouth on its head, and then it's got an arm where its nose should be, and it's got these crazy eyes, and it's doing the bushwhacker walk from eighties wrestling. Yeah, it looks yeah. like I had three or four tokes. <laughs> <laughs> you do treasure stuff. Yep, we do treasure stuff. It's got a couple of the treasure token creating cards that you would expect, and then a few of the new ones make treasures as well. Yeah, so this is a natural fit because you've got like Dockside Extortionist and like Ragavan, Nimble Pilferer, and treasure stuff. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And this is a very unique and interesting way to view a magic card because it looks like some creepy weird thing from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Might the- be might be in a Pink Floyd musical. <laughs> And it works really good with the next card, which is the Dungeon Module. By the way, these cards look awesome in foil. If you haven't seen a Dungeon Module in foil yet, Ooh. they are so nice. Neat. They are far and away one of the best foilings I've seen in the, a long the time. The Dungeon Module is the, it looks like the 1970s book cover yep. ones with the solid color on them. This one yep. being? Treasure Vault. Artifact Land taps for a, a colorless XX tap sack treasure vault. Create X treasure tokes. Yeah. So now you create X plus one if you have your Zorn out. Yeah. Okay. And 
straight value? Do you got like anything that lets you play from your graveyard? Is there a crucible or anything? No. That's, no. It's just there. It's the save up mana for the next turn. Or if I've got the mana already, I can put out a bunch of treasure tokens to work with my warp world. I was just going to say, yeah, you treasure token, take a turn off treasure token, hide behind whatever, and then... Warp world. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Get get H- them hide behind your perforos because he's indestructible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Next up, another one that could possibly make me some treasure tokens in treasure chest. Artifact. This is the this is the three drop artifact full art, like stretched art, foil. Yeah. So this is the most normal looking one that we've maybe viewed thus far. Yes. Okay. And I hope Editor Joe, he's got all the all the ones that we're talking about. Yeah. He probably does. He probably he's a good guy. He, he's he's fucking, got it. He, he knows his shit. Yeah, he knows okay. what's up. This is four. Sacrifice a treasure. Sacrifice treasure chest. Mm-hmm. Roll a D20. Ooh. Okay, so we're rolling dice. This is our first dice rolling we're, card. We're finally rolling some dice. A new sub-theme, if you will. Yes. Okay. On a one, you get trapped in a treasure chest. <laughs> <laughs> you open it up and trip, and it's, and it's empty, and it falls in, and the latch shuts. Yes. That's what happens. And you take three damage. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On a two to a nine, create five treasure tokens. Oh, baby. You should give five. Yep. So you make, well, some of your money back, I guess. Yeah. Okay. 10 to 19, you gain three life and draw three cards. Something red wants to do. Yes, this is red card draw now. Yep. On a 20, search your library for a card. If it's an artifact card, you may put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, put that card into your hand, then shuffle. Cool. Let you tutor. It's, it's like gamble without the risk. Other than getting a 1 or a 2 through 9 or a <laughs> 10 through 19. Yes. <laughs> There's no risk. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fine card. It says roll a d20. It says get mana. It says, or well, it says put mana away for later. Yeah. And it says maybe draw or tutor. Cool. I think that that's fine. Uh, that's a neat card. And I'm really excited about this next one. Okay. I'm really excited about this oh, next one. You you spoke highly of this during our Forgotten Realms set review. Give it a read. The Deck of Many Things is a legendary artifact for five. It has two, tap, roll a d20, and subtract the number of cards in your hand from the result. What the fuck? If the result is zero or less, discard your hand. Great. Perfect. So this card oh, is hopefully already- Hopefully there's an anger in there. It's already amazing. <laughs> One to nine, return a card at random from your graveyard to your hand. Sure. Cool. Ten to nineteen, draw two cards. Also good. On a twenty, put a creature card from any graveyard into play under your control. When that creature dies, that creature's owner loses the game. That one's that one's pretty good. Do you got sacrifice effects in your own deck? Uh no. No. Okay. Well it gets better if you have like a just a like a Ashnod's altar or whatever, right? For well, sure. Yeah, it does, but it, you don't need it. Yeah, you can just block. I'm never gonna. I, even I am not gonna put a card into a deck on the off chance that I roll a twenty on a d twenty more than you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's even for me that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> but you you think that this card is good otherwise? Oh oh, f- uh, stretched art foil. Yep. Okay. I there. spend a lot of time hellbent in this deck, and I think. Originally, when I played it, I spent a lot of times hellbent because there's no reason for me not to play my cards. And all of the red card draw doesn't put cards in your hand; it just removes them, and you can play them later. Yeah, so okay. I spend a lot of time with like one or two cards in my hand. So, so you roll a d20 and subtract your hand size. Yeah, and which, that's that's your number that you roll. Yeah, so it'll be one or two. So I'll probably spend a lot of time getting like a card at random back from my graveyard, which is fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then the. 10 to 19 is like 
where I probably want to be most of the time, and the 20 is just living the dream. Yeah, 10 to 19 is maybe you'll get there. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll get there. Get a fine chance to to get 10 to 19, just below 50%. Yeah. Uh, minus number of cards in your hand. So yeah. maybe maybe less than 50% of the time. But getting stuff back from your graveyard each turn is fine. Yeah. As long as you can cast it, it doesn't stay in your hand. Oh, yeah. Which, which I mean, you get it back and you fucking play it. It yeah. only costs two to do this ability, right? Yeah, and you've okay. already invested five, so like you, you've got the, you've got two, you've got more mana. Yep. Next up, I like this one. Share the spoils. The, okay, now we're getting into the ones that I don't really like. You don't like this one? I don't. I, I don't really like any of the cards in this fucking maybe board <laughs> category. I don't think any of them are good, but <laughs> but I do recognize that it's important to keep a deck fun and. If you've got a deck that you've had for a long time, usually those kinds of decks only ever get stronger. Oh, this this three mana thing that destroys four things is better than this three mana thing that destroys one thing. I'm going to make the switch and my deck got better. Yeah. And over a 10-year period, which is I'm sure how long you've had a Noran deck for, Yeah. Uh, it, it's only going to get more and more and more powerful. I feel like one of the very few people that's purposefully making my deck worse. That is... Because 100%, I think all of the cards we're putting in here make the deck actively worse. I think it's very important to... to actually say those words i'm trying to make my deck worse so and and for all the reasons that you would say that you you make your deck worse so you can play it so so it's position in your arsenal of decks is one of applicability you can yeah. play this deck wherever you want not just at cedh tables yeah right not or, that this was a cedh deck but no. it was very high powered and it had a reputation because it is good it's a good deck and now it's less good. Yes, and and it it makes it more fun, which is another reason maybe to may, maybe making it less powerful will make it more fun. In this case, I think so because you're adding something that is fun for you to do. Yeah, I think that's a very important take. I'm making my deck less good for these reasons, which are all important to the format. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Share the spoils. Give it a read. Share the spoils is an enchantment for red one. I'm using the extended art that I pulled from a collector pack. Because no foil available. Oh. oh, it hurts. It hurts. When share the spoils enters the battlefield or an opponent loses the game, exile the top card of each player's library. During each player's turn, that player may play a land or cast a spell from among the cards exiled with share the spoils. And they may spend mana as though or any color to cast these spells. When they do, exile the top card of their library. So four cards go into the share the spoils pile. Anybody can play from them, but if you play one, you gotta put one from your own deck back into the things. There's always yeah, four yeah. cards. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like socialism. The spoils. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and as players die, the spoils get not bigger per se but like there's four cards in it and then somebody dies then the three remaining people they all have to put put something another in. card in now there's six yeah and it's it's pretty cool that that is cool i like how it introduces that random chaosiness without being without the feel bads because yeah, you, you can still play your own thing that you put in your deck for a reason yeah it right? doesn't take you right off of the thing and it does kind of open up maybe a political avenue where it's like hey man I see that you got that, and if you don't play it on me, I won't cast it just to keep it away from you. Yes, this also feels to me like a fixed knowledge pool. If you yeah. want if you want this effect and you're also running knowledge pool, a knowledge pool costs like, what, six? Yeah. Who, who cares? This costs two. Yeah. And it's from top of library, not like I cast this spell, put it into the pool, get something else, cast another spell to get the first spell that I actually really wanted from the knowledge pool. 
right? There's no hoops and jump arounds like that, and you can't lock anybody out like you can with Knowledge Pool. Or, or what's the other one? Possibility Storm lets you knock lock people out too, right? With yeah. with Tefri. Yeah, or uh, Dranath Magistrate, where you can't cast spells anywhere from your hand, but from your hand. Yes, like. yes, yes. So this lets you actually um, play the game and do the Knowledge Pool thing. I like this more than that. Yes. Okay. Next up, we have another extended art commander card in Reckless Endeavor. Ooh, another dice rolling card. This is a sorcery. Red, red, five, roll two, D12. Now, these ones I really, I think, are trap cards. You think? Well, let's find out. Okay. Choose one result. Reckless Endeavor deals damage equal to the result of equal to the result to each creature, then create a number of treasure tokens equal to the other. Mm-hmm. What if you got like a two and a one? Well, then you've then you've definitely been varianced on I your suppose, seven mana spell. I suppose I like I think that maybe you'll get a ten or an eight and like a three. It's like sure. Is that good? Eh, well, if you get a ten and a three, you've got ten mana, which and is, is, makes it like a ritual. And you've swept the board to each creature. Yeah, like maybe you've swept the board. Yeah, or or if there's a bunch of dudes, maybe you get three of your mana back, and now you've only spent five on this card, and you've tanned every creature at the table, right? Because you get to see both results before you make your choice. Yeah, choose one result. So you see the result first. You don't say this dice is this, and this dice is this, and then chuck them. Yeah. You, know, you roll two of them and then pick. Yeah. Okay, that does make them better in my mind. Yeah, like, and and I think I think the question you ask yourself might be, how much does this spell cost if I always take the low result on mana? Yeah. This spell probably costs five four sure. is, is that worth doing three damage to something if if well, you roll a, a three and a three sure i don't know you can I mean, just play like fucking volcanic fallout that well, can't even be countered i do oh and slag storm <laughs> and and chain reaction and blasphemous act and sweltering suns and anger of the gods yeah you're already <laughs> d- does this card replace one of those cards i think so maybe maybe we're gonna i'm not really i haven't made the cuts in my mind yet so we're gonna okay. see because uh, some of those are instants, and this is a sorcery that might cost more and do less. Yeah. So. So okay. Let's variance, keep. Let's baby. keep going. Hoarding ogre. Hoarding ogre. This has an extra benefit of it has my face on it. My face is all over this set, and I'm so proud. Yeah, he's got the same kind of shaped mouth as you do. <laughs> <laughs> this is a th- a three three ogre for red three. Whenever it attacks, you roll a d20. There it is. Yeah, whenever you attack, roll for initiative or whatever, right? That's, yep. that, that's the meme. Yep. That's the D&D meme. On a 1 through 9, you create a treasure. Yeah. On a nine, uh, 10 through 19, create two treasures. Yeah. On a 20, create three treasures. Yeah. Okay. I, so, don't, I like that. So he swings in, gets me some damage, gets them chip-ins. Yep. And gets me some mana. And he's not an insubstantial blocker. No, and he's not so big that that people are going to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like you could probably make a deal with somebody like, hey, man, like I yep. need some mana. Like I'll I'll owe you one if you let me take hit you for three so I can maybe you, get some treasure tokens. If you get this guy out on turn three or four and start swinging, people are maybe going to block with their token, their chump that they got incidentally, or they're not going to block if they cast their two toughness or three toughness commander. Yeah. And you're going to get treasures because it's, only on attack, doesn't have to hit. Yep. And it's not such a huge threat. This is the kind of thing that is going to gain you some value. Maybe you'll get your four mana back out of it. Yeah. And then it'll just get caught up in a sweeper. Yeah. And every time he attacks, he's going to trigger Noran. That's why you like that. on attack or on combat 
triggers. Correct. Because they incentivize you and they give you benefit for attacking and they're going to trigger Norn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that one. All right. Then we talked about Fractured Power Stone already. Let's go back to the land section. We're going to talk about another super cool module, alternate art, however you want to say it, in Den of the Bugbear. I do like the look of that art on there. Give it a read. Den of the Bugbear is a land that comes into play tapped if you control two or more lands, or two or more other lands. So, man, that's that's fine. It has tap for a red, or red three until end of turn, Den of the Bugbear becomes a 3-2 red goblin creature with, whenever this creature attacks, create a 1-1 red goblin creature token that's tapped and attacking, and it remains a land. That's good. It enters the battlefield. If you play it on turn one, it enters the battlefield untapped. Right. Okay, so that's that's the scenario that you probably want. That's the dream. You play it, you play Norrin. Okay, and you don't have to... Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And you don't have to tap it the turn that you do play it if it enters the battlefield tapped, and you could make it a creature, a tapped creature, but that sure. might matter. It might. Yeah. You never know. That's okay. just cool. And it makes per- it makes permanence for the warp world. It also makes creatures coming into play, which triggers things like Impact Tremors, Perforos. So it, it does all the things that I want it to do on a land. Yeah, I think that this might actually even go into Zata because it, it makes itself a goblin, and then it makes more goblins. I think so. Those are cool. Yep. I have some extras if you need one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even in the cool frame. I might just want a regular frame foil. You got any of those? Probably do. Of course I do. <laughs> Next up. No shit, Ryan. I opened eight of this. Delina the Wild Mage? Yes. I opened eight. Foil uh, monster manual showcase? Uh, I opened three foil monster manual showcase then a couple of non-foil ones then a foil regular one and a couple of just regular ones nice okay so this is a three two elf shaman for red three whenever delina wild mage attacks there it is again so you're going to trigger your norn yep you choose target creature you control then roll a d20 yeah so you choose the creature before you roll this time yeah okay on a one through 14 you create a token that's tapped and attacking you miss you miss the when it attacks triggers, yep. which, again, we've already discussed their importance, so you missed that. Yep. Important to note, if the creature you pick is legendary, the token is not. Oh, okay. So, hy- yeah, hypothetically, I could get Norin with this. I could get more Norins if I wanted to. Oh, yeah, when it attacks Norin's ability to go on the stack, and you could. Yeah. Yeah, but then they exile themselves. Yeah, well, no, but they're, that Norin would still be attacking. That oh, Norin yeah. token. You, oh, yeah. You'd have to attack again or cast a spell to make the Norin token phase yes. out, and then it would fizzle. This lady. Makes did, Norin attack. It makes Norin do damage, not commander damage, but people are going to take damage from Norin the Wary thanks Excellent. to this card, and that's amazing. Excellent. We didn't say 15 to 20, you create two of those tokens. No. Isn't that what it does? No. Oh, create one of those tokens and roll again. Yeah. Which is essentially yeah. probably create two tokens. Yes. Yes. Or, that's but, why I thought that. But possibly three. Yes. Possibly four. Yes. Possibly more. Yes. Yes. So I think that that's cool because it, it interacts with your commander in a very unique and interesting way. Yeah. It looks unique and interesting. It does what the deck wants to do already, which triggers on attacking. Yeah. Cool. And it's, again, all those tokens coming into play, boom, 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 they're all going to trigger your perf, they're all going to perf- trigger your impact tremors, Yep, all that stuff. Very good. Very good. Next up, Chaos Channeler. Chaos Channy. This this has one of those D&D-like flavor mechanics, right? Yep. This is a human shaman, 4-3, red, red, 2, wild magic 
Surge? Yep. When Chaos Channeler attacks, there it is, roll a d20. On a 1 through 9, exile the top card of your library. You can play that card this turn. Play, so you can get a land. Yep. 10 through 19, exile the top two cards of your library. You can play them. Yeah. 20, exile the top three cards of your library. You can play them. Oh, it's draw one, draw two, or draw three, essentially. Yeah! Which is good. In red. And it's not until the end of your next turn. It's yeah. just now. Yeah, you, you got to play them that turn. But yes. if you've got nothing going on, you swing in, you get some options. I think that's how they word it when they say you can play that card this turn. That means you can get a land. That doesn't mean you can play a land next turn with this card. Yeah. They, they do that like that to say, oh, I drew my land for this turn and next turn. Fucking easy. Right? <laughs> yeah. So... Okay, you can get lands off of this. It triggers on attack. It's got three toughness, which matters because you've got some two toughness sweeper type things. Yeah. Okay, or you can control some of your sweepers like that yeah. to deal two or three or four. That's fine. That's just another roll of dice and, and trigger and attack and shit, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Next up, Brazen Dwarf. If you'd roll a dice, it deals one damage to each opponent. Cool. That's kind of like your impact tremors, but for dice. Yes, that's I'm, perfect. I'm also banking on dice rolling being a thing that exists in magic on the fringes. Uh, going, it's like maybe we're going to get more dice rolling cards. Yes. Well, we got, so. we, for example, we got another somebody's will card in the Commander Precons. Right. Uh, w- the wills were first introduced in Commander Legends. We right. got more now. Yeah. Right? So and, we, and yeah, maybe may, we will. Maybe there'll be things that come around. So that's what Brazen Dwarf is all about. I know there's not that much dice rolling. But I'm, I'm leaning into it. I'm getting ready for the... the yeah, adventure. well, and you've got lots of card draw. Maybe if you've got a brazen dwarf, you just, like, play the stuff that rolls dice. That, too. Yeah. Speaking of rolling dice, barbarian class. Uh, and this is a good one to end on because it does not look like a magic card. No. Vertical aligned, like, art and text beside each other. Yeah. So this is a class enchantment, if that matters. It doesn't, though, right? No. Not in this deck. Red, Matt. which is good for an enchantment that says if you roll one or more dice instead roll that many dice plus one and ignore the lowest result cool so kind of like crux other thumb except a real card except you don't get to like it's not like crux thumb where you get to pick a result you have to pick the highest result yes and i think you only want the highest result in any instance of your dice right with the exception, I think, maybe of treasure chest in a pinch. Like, maybe you really want those treasure tokens. Or, yeah, okay. You know, like, yeah. but that's the only instance I can think of. That yeah, be. that's okay. Now, you can level these up. So, level two costs an additional red one. Whenever you roll one or more dice, target creature you control gets plus two, plus oh, and gains menace until end of turn. So, now it turns my attack die roll creatures into, not threats, but now they're doing six instead of four, or five instead of three. And they're harder to block. And they're tougher to block. So, I'm getting my benefit. I'm getting actual damage in. And you don't lose the first level. Now, you have level two and level one. Yeah. Okay. So, the final level is red two. At this point, you've spent six mana. Creatures you control have haste. Sure. Yeah. That one seems incidental. You'll do it if you have it. But I don't think that this deck requires you your creatures to have haste. No, it's nice. Most of, most of the ways you win is through control, 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 incidental damage, incidental damage until you can earthquake or, or or whatever, right? Yeah, and I mean, that's, like, it's cool to have haste. If anybody says, yo, have haste, I'm never going to say no. Very much so. And and this will be awesome for something like Brash Taunter when they have a big guy and ha- you drop it and it has haste. Atali, get in for six when it has haste. And get all of their cards, too. Yeah. Felden to get your Atali back, Quakebringer, the giant that deals damage, right? Like, all mm. that kind of stuff. 
So those are the 13 cards. Those are the 13 new cards we're adding. We talked about some of the cuts. Uh, what else? Where, how, how powered down do you want to go? As in how how bad do you want the deck to be? <laughs> right? Like you could you could just take out all of the best 13 cards or 12 cards and put these new 13 in. Or you could take out some of the medium tier or low tier portions of the actual deck and put these in and just make it kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? See, and those are the questions that I'm I'm trying to answer. Like, I think there's a couple of cards that are just meant to be competitive that I'll just take out. Like, I have an underwear breach. I'll just take it out. Mother ass. That's like one of the best cards in the whole magic. I know. And I'm going to cut it for something that makes me roll dice. You know, I'll be on you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Two mountains nice. are going to, two mountains will go for the lands. Maybe some of the sweepers I'll, I'll take out just to kind of keep the, so I'm not as just controlly, controlly control. I could lose something like maybe some of the air quotes staxy bits. Okay. You know, like maybe I could lose the stranglehold or the sulfuric vortex, maybe pyrohemia, you know, like some of the just. I don't want to say incidental value cards, but like the ones that are just there to like keep my opponents from playing mana dorks. Yes. Or having, being able to play a token strategy, which is what a lot of that's there for. Like, okay. You, you know, you went a little bit of a different direction than, than I was going to. And I say that because I think if you cut the cards that you were just mentioning, the cards that keep your opponents from doing stuff, the deck loses its staying power and it doesn't survive till the late game mm-hmm. to be able to do what it does. The, to do what you like it to do. Okay. Right? Okay. What I was thinking is because you want it to be a unique and interesting deck visually, you cut everything that doesn't come in foil. <laughs> <laughs> and in that case, maybe not Dockside Extortionist because it too is one of the best cards in the entire format. Yeah. Maybe you cut the Underwear Breach, right? Sure. Just because it's it's so good. And when you cast it, people are like, oh, fuck. Oh, Brando just wins, right? And And I don't. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the thing. Underwear breach doesn't make me win in this deck, so I feel like it's just it's, there it's for value anyway. Value underwear breach lets you get your soul ring back that got swept up or something, it's, right? It's mostly there to get my perforos back. There's a part of me that wants to play wish in this deck so bad. Oh yeah, can't because do that. really the only way to get rid of perforos is to remove him from the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that Wish would let me get him back, right? Nah, no. Is that not how that works? No. Nope. That's so stupid. It, it, he gets exiled. He's he goes, still in an exile zone, which, which is, is in the game. Which is in this game. That's so terrible. Yeah. I hate this that. This is what I think about Underwear Breach is that, you know, in my black zombie deck, little bit of tacky, tacky, big, big, tall zombie yeah. beat down tribal. Yeah. Little bit graveyard combo. Uh-huh. I've got the Yawkmoth's Will a time or two in that deck yep. for Soul Ring. Get a fetch land back or bog somebody, play one creature. Get Ashnod's Altar. Sure. Right? Fuck. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. I did a whole bunch of really, really, really powerful card playing, but it didn't win me the game. And I, like not very often do I win in that deck with Yogmoth's Will. Sure. So it doesn't need to be in there. If I ever needed the $500, for example, <laughs> there it goes. Right? So I think that's a cut. I think something like Loyal Apprentice might be a cut. Do you have another token maker? Maybe Den of the Bugbear. Gives you a token, kind of. Sure. Right? Okay, maybe. Tome of Legends, that's sort of a card draw spell. We did see sort of card draw spells in Treasure Chest. And uh, what's what's the other one that let you exile cards and play them? Uh, 
Chaos Channeler. Right. Maybe you saw, yeah, you saw some cards there that don't require any additional mana investment after you play the card. Yeah. And it comes in foil. Toma Legends doesn't. Ooh. Oh. Reality Scramble. Let's look at that one. What is what is that? That lets you put target permanent card you own on the bottom. Oh, it's like a Warp World, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Reality Scramble is fucking cool. Is, re- it, is it a good one that you might not want to cut? Reality Scramble, in addition to having an incredible art on it, lets me put target permanent I own on the bottom of my library, reveal cards from the top of my library till I reveal a card that shares a card type with it, that permanent, and put it into play, and the rest of the stuff was on the bottom. Oh, it's polymorph, but pick your permanent type. Yeah, and it has retrace. So if I get land flooded, I always have something to do. Ah, yes. So like I'll turn a... I could turn a treasure token into a Tome of Legends or a Genesis Chamber or a Skull Clamp or a Sensei's Divining Top, or I could turn a, a Goblin token into an Atali. Yep. Right? Like, okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a cool card meant to give just me redundancy, so I always have a card to play. Yes. Now, what about Geode Rager? <laughs> Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you goad each creature target player. Creature. Goad each creature? You goad them all for playing a land, man. Yeah, for playing cool. a land. That's a cool one. That card is incredible. Not available in foil. Not available in foil. Or extended art. Ugh. Mother ass. But it does have the word rager in its name, Ryan. He's a good yeah. Good. Okay. Ruination is the next one. Destroy all non-basic lands. That's a little bit of a, a Punisher type card. Yeah. That's... Not available in foil. That might be one that people get a little bit, uh, Man, give, you the, give you the side glance at. There have definitely been games where I just, I draw Ruination and it would definitely put me way ahead, but I don't play it because it would blow out Von Doom. Specifically Chris Von Doom. Because and, he and plays me. And you. Because you guys <laughs> play the greediest mana bases I've ever seen. You guys are the reason that I play Ruination in decks. Fucking two-color deck, five basics. Yeah. <laughs> you 35... Utility lands, baby. Me and Von Doom, we know where it's at. Yeah, you, we know how to build mana bases. You have monocolored decks, and you got half your lands are fucking utility lands. Yeah, that's how you're supposed I, to do I it. I blow out your freaking Thrasta Storm Dinosaur deck with a Ruination. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> that card is so awesome. Well, there, there's, a, there's a case to be made there, as with Blood Moon, which you are playing. Uh, are you playing Megas of the Moon? Yes. There's another, maybe, maybe a feel-bad card. I'm yeah. not saying cut those cards because yeah. they're good, but maybe. Yeah. The next one is uh, how effective is this card that also doesn't come in foil? That's Stranglehold. Mm-hmm. Opponents can't search libraries, which is very good. Mm-hmm. Can't even search library for land, green player. Yeah. Get bent. But also, if an opponent would begin an extra turn, that player skips that turn instead. I actually put that in directly because at the event at which I acquired my Stranglehold, I got, like, turn comboed a few times, oh. and I was like, you motherfuckers. So I actually bought that card and put it into the deck for, like, the rest of the week, yep. the weekend, so that people would stop doing that. Ah. So, honestly, I don't think I've ever even played Stranglehold since then. Huh? In the three years it's been in there, I'm not sure I've actually played No, I did. I played it at one EDH and m and it was basically me sideboarding against somebody's deck. You know what? I think that you've played that against me. One time also at F.U. Smitty's house. Okay. So maybe you've cast it twice ever. Yeah. So it's not a card that I'm super attached to. Yeah. So it's, okay. I could probably move that. Could that. Be a cut. Okay. Well, there's there's some cuts. I'm not saying like take out all the feel bad cards because some of those cards are the cards that you need for control. 
Yeah. I'm just saying those are the kinds of things if you want to continue to let other people, air quotes, do their thing, yep. those are the cards that maybe could go, right? And and the same is true for something like Planar Chaos, Possibility Storm, Grip of Chaos. These are just cards that, uh, for example, Grip of Chaos, Enchantment for six. Whenever a spell or an ability is put onto the stack, reselect its targets at random. Oh. That's just, it's, oh. it's such a hard card to play against because you just don't get to do what you want to do, right? And before anybody asks, yes, I have resolved Grip of Chaos with a possibility storm and a player chaos in play. A planar chaos. Oh, man. See, that's just that doesn't sound like fun because nothing can actually even happen. That's where we're in a point where you basically can't get me, but you have to try. Yeah, I've got Norn and Perforos, and as you're trying to get me, you're helping me kill you. Yes. That's what that is. It's not a hard lock, but... When you have, you know what I like, coin okay, flip possibly counter your spell, and when yeah. you play your spell, you're going to get a different spell that's going to counter something that you're going to target something that you don't necessarily want it to target yes. anyway, and then everybody takes two. Yes, like that. I like that. There's a reason for it. Yes, and that's why when you play those kinds of things, I can recognize, and this is important for people who say I don't play against chaos decks. It's bullshit. It's important to recognize that there's an actual plan. Not that the theme is chaos. Yeah. The theme can't be chaos and and you can expect your opponents to have fun, Mr. Chaos Player. It's just not going to happen. Right. And you're being a dick and you should fucking stop. But if there's a plan, Norrin, Perforos, Impact Tremors, try and target me. And when you can't, you're just going to take three and three and three and three. But you have to because if you fucking don't, I'm going to win. Because yeah. I'm going to declare Norn an attacker, and I'm going to three you anyways. Yeah. Right? So you have to try, and that's the plan. And you're going to dish out that 80, 80 or so damage over the course of 10 turns that people are trying to slog, right? So I recognize the plan, and I do right. appreciate it, and I think it's important to make that distinction. Yeah. I made a point to make sure that the game, that the, the game plan was visible and easily explainable. So when I played, like, one piece of that, mm-hmm. I, can ex- I can then say, hey, like, this is here for a reason. It's not just here because I'm trying to grief you. Yes. That's important. Yes. And I think that's even part of the, the Rule Zero pregame talk, right? Or or if it wasn't and something like that started to unfold, you make that part of your postgame talk. Lenny and I were just talking about that on Twitter a little bit where yeah. it's like postgame talks are actually important. Why was this play good? Why did I make that decision? Uh, did these decks match up nice? Do we want to play again like this? Yeah. Did we like that power level, game length, right? Yeah. That's important shit. And I think that you can explain that chaos kind of plan during a post-game talk to great effect as to not make somebody feel like they've been griefed. Yeah, look like I'm just trying to make their life miserable. Yeah, because chaos, man, it just is not, <laughs> it's just not a fun time for your opponents. Yeah, right? you love it, I love it. I wish I could play a deck that's just crazy toy box in the air, yes. but I recognize that that's only fun for me. Yeah. So this deck is my compromise, where this is fun for me, but I think most people who play against this deck also have fun. Yeah, you know what, it's it's the it's the Here's the example that more people maybe will will resonate with. I'm a, I'm a hardcore stacks player in this example. Oh. And you say, what's your win con? I say, well, I just lock my opponents out and hope they scoop. That's not a fucking oh, win con. No. You're the chaos player in this example. What's your win con? I don't know. I just make it so nobody can play magic. Yeah. And well, then, what does that mean? Then they rage scoop. Yeah. They, they rage quit. Yeah. Like that's the kind of game that I would say, okay, I recognize that 
is maybe what you like, but that kind of game's not for me, right? Yeah, and I'm just gonna, respectfully decline. Yeah, I'm going to head over here. Yeah. And and if they say, well, what's wrong? Maybe I make an attempt to articulate kind of the feelings associated with that, just like I did now and say sure. I recognize the Noran plan with the chaos. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. It does. To me, it does. Hopefully it have, does to other people too. Have a plan, whether yeah. you're playing chaos, stacks, control, combo, and I think... What also goes along with that, which you are very much in tune with this deck, is practice. Yeah. Practice your stacks pieces. Practice your combo pieces so you know how they work, right? And you're not just throwing stuff that's miserable for people into the ether to get, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fucks. And I think you can play this deck in the dark. And that's that's why you can talk articulately about like that stranglehold. You remember when you put it in. You remember how many times you've cast it and w- what its effectiveness was. Yeah. Eh, maybe not so much, even though it's a good card. Let's try something else. That's a fantastic card. Let's put, but let's put something else in. Cause, yeah, yeah. I like all of that. Me hey, too. you play Gorilla Shaman in this deck too? Yeah, this is he, he was fucking guy. She was he was a uh, an old include that I cut and then reintroduced when the foil came out. When the Mari Hoho yeah. came out, Mari Hoho foils were in. And I was like, oh, I like that art. I like that he's wearing a head on his head. Yep. I'm I'm into everything, so went back in. Very very cool. Yeah, I think I took a, a like a smash to smithereens or something out for it, like a one time artifact killing spell oh. for a many times artifact killing yes, spell. Yes yes yes, that's a good one. Okay, and it rocks Sol rings and it rocks moxes and it rocks oh, yeah. the mox. <laughs> uh, my favorite is when. Uh, Effie Smitty lays down like first turn like uh, Mox Opal Mox Diamond and he's like no this is just like my casual fucking send triplets deck. <laughs> he's like no these are the only good two cards in it. I'm like you mother ass shatter or smash to smithereens get fucking bent. <laughs> Dick. Get wrecked you asshole. Yeah. yeah. What is this CDA shit? <laughs> anyway we're, we're off topic. I think yes. we, we've talked about some cuts. We've talked about the uniqueness of the deck. We didn't really tear anything down or get into two nuts and bolts. He, yeah. I, I don't know if at this point, if we need to, I can't tell you anything you don't know about the deck, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, if you want to take a look at it, by all means, CCO Brando and Architect. Uh, we'll put can, the link in the show notes. Wherever you find the show, the, the link for the deck will actually be there, too. Yeah, check it out. It's It's got some pretty cool stuff, and if you have any suggestions, I always love hearing from people what they think would be neat or or whatever. The maybe board's going to be up for a couple of weeks while I wait for not cards for this deck to come in the mail, because I already got them. But I have some other things coming in. I like to update all my decks in a big batch. Oh, yeah. So we've got a week or so before I start making the, the changes. So if you would like to be giving me some of your input, leave it on the comments on the deck and I'll take it into into an under advisement. Yeah, Mother Ass has got like foil Thorn of Amethysts coming <laughs> and foil Trinospheres <laughs> coming. And I already have foil Foil Winter Ryan. Orbs coming. I got one of those too. Uh. I'm scum. coming foil? I'm a piece of trash, yeah. Foil tangle wires from fucking <laughs> yeah. Nemesis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a piece of crap. I really am. Yeah, but they all know, used to be in this deck. <laughs> yeah, they they did. <laughs> they did, but then they came out because I wanted the deck to be fun. I wanted people to actually sit down and I'm going to go, I'm going to play Norn. And people are going to go, oh, not because yeah. it's like, oh my God, I'm going to play against stacks. But like, oh, it's Norin. Yeah, this I, is a little bit of a Brando yeah. legacy deck. When we play this deck at at uh, F or not at F and M's at at Magic Fest, hey, can you play Norin? Or you sit down. What are you playing? I'm playing Norin, and people are like, oh, you're playing the Norin deck. Yeah. This is that deck. So yeah, it, it's pretty cool, and it's one of those ones where people are like, oh, you're playing Norin. I'm gonna bust out CDH, whatever. It's like, okay, I can play something fun too. Yes, which yes. is awesome. And that's I think that's a good place to leave it on is is when you play out or put pick out your legacy deck or your the deck that is your legacy people are excited to play against it and and 
want to play their fun deck. And this deck can both hang with the the legacy decks that are of the lower power variety, but also it can control the table to play against the higher power decks that people want to play as well. Like I played my Zata deck against this deck, and not that Zata CEDH, but this deck will fuck, right? Yeah. Like it'll hang. <laughs> yeah, this deck right? will fuck and, around and, and it will find Zata's out. Zata's certainly a fast deck, right? And and I know uh, whenever we play at Magic Fest and this deck comes out, it, it's always a good game. Yeah, I, so. and I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, well, ah, it's, 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 it's cool. Not only is the deck like good, it's fun and you pilot it well and it's not op- too oppressive as to make it not fun. It checks all my boxes. Yeah, it does all the things you want it to do. Yeah, and when you fucking search and tutor, you know what you're searching for. Yeah. Mother ass. Yeah. <laughs> all good final thoughts of the day. I agree. You uh, you mentioned that you got some cards on order. FusionGamingOnline.com. CCO Fusion 5. Promo code 5% off your entire order. I'll take another opportunity to remember to Kick everybody over to YouTube to sub there at CCO Podcast, at CCO Brando, Patreon.com slash CCO Podcast, Facebook.com slash CCO Podcast. Get on all the platforms you follow or sub or whatever the platform's word is. Yeah. Yep. Do the thing because we're going to be announcing some some cool stuff coming up oh, yeah. in, in August, late August maybe, and then some stuff after that as well that I have some ideas for that we're going to discuss right after this show. Ooh. And don't forget that patrons will get first crack at all that stuff because uh, we do like to give them a little thank you beforehand. Agreed. Now, yeah. So so get on get online, get on board. We're happy to have you here and we're going to prove that to you in the month of August. Uh, as far as that goes, I think we've said all the things that we need to say. We had a great final thought. We had a great discussion on a deck that I'm very excited about. Remember to check it out in the show notes down below if you have any ideas for me. If you have decks that you would like us to look at in the rest of the arc of the Art of Deck Building, which we're going to pick up again after this, send them into commandercookout at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out Top 5 in 5, brand new, coming out this Friday. And we're going to be back next Tuesday as we pick up the Arc of the Art of Deck Building on Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! <laughs>